So the last few weeks we've been um, we've taken the time to try and explain, I suppose, the format of how we uh, operate as a group. Um, so we started off by looking at um, it's just three areas that we do. So we looked at the kitchen um, the first week, then last week we looked at the table, um, and then this week we're looking at the living room, which obviously is the bit that we um, access um, in the most kind of normal church type way. But I suppose the idea is, is that we get an understanding together of as we move into this new building, uh, when we meet together, um, this is this is how it works. Um, that we're not going to fill people's diaries with loads and loads of commitments of what you need to do. We just want the kitchen to be you getting on with your life, enjoying opportunities, the things that you like doing, the relationships that you make within that, and God being with you, guiding you and advising you in those things, in those spaces. Um, so there's nothing really to do with us. It's just you getting on and being who you were created to be. The table is our opportunity to, to move people from those kitchen moments where we just have a normal discussion and normal chat. It's not, um, there's, there's no agenda to try and move people around the table, but sometimes it's just a natural progression in the relationship, in a friendship, in connection with people, that you may uh, move on from just having a drink in the kitchen by the kettle to sitting down, having uh, a meal, or just sitting at the table together and spending more time growing um, as a in your relationship with people. And obviously, there's there's uh, physical uh, ways that this works with relationships, but also there's um, the spiritual connections uh, that can be um, developed and grow as we spend more time with each other. Uh, and that's when we when we try and do these things, when we do stuff where we're going to have kitchen things or table things or the living room things, um, there's opportunities for us to go on a bit of a journey together, that as well. So we spent the last two weeks looking at those first two elements, the living room and the kitchen, uh, um, sorry, the kitchen and the table. And I suppose what we've seen in those is there's a real value um, in connection, in loving without an agenda, in calling out the gold in people and ultimately becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. That is the, the journey, I suppose, that we've been on and understanding that those two areas um, are important um, for, for those kind of things that we want to do. And those elements look to build a connection and a reliance on God that shapes our everyday and inspires us to become love to the people around us. That's the essence of what we're talking about. If it doesn't, if, if attending a church doesn't impact the way you do the rest of your life, then I'm not sure it's doing exactly what it was designed to do. Uh, if it's just about paying lip service to God, then, then fine, that's great. But actually, I suppose, having grown up in church, if church isn't going to make a difference to my life, then it's a valid question to ask why you'd even bother going, is the reality. Um, so today we move. We, we look to move uh, on to look at the the other element of what we do, which is the living room. And what we've done over the last two weeks is we've looked at the, uh, the practical things about the physical spaces that we're talking about. So if we think about the space, the living room, uh, and compare it to the other spaces, so the kitchen and the table. Um, being in the living room is a different environment. I don't know how your house works. But in a way, when we decided to form uh, a church that worked in this way, it was very much based around the way our house works. So uh, we would uh, we'd not move. It's not a step by step process. We've moved between all these different areas. But actually, 
what happens in our house is if you have a, a kind of catch up or an uh, just an impromptu uh, chat with someone, that will often happen in the kitchen. You'll talk uh, around by the kettle, you'd, you, you'll just chat about, about life, you catch up with people. That's what happens in that kind of kitchen moment. And then uh, the living room for us is, is a space, I suppose, where if we're going to be more relaxed and spend more time together, we're going to uh, chat more deeply about stuff. We really want to be able to find out what's going on in someone's life. We probably do that kind of stuff. We'd probably come and sit down um, in, the, uh, in the living room. Often that happens after we've had a meal. So we might sit and have a meal and that's, that is generally where it's a free-for-all. Everyone is, is eating but also talking, everyone's sharing about what's going on in their lives. But actually, do you know what? When we want to really dig deeper into how someone's feeling or what's going on in their lives, we'll walk into the living room and sit comfortably in chairs and relax and talk openly about what's going on and there's a definite difference for us in the three areas as we compare them in the way that we communicate the way we talk we can just sit around the table and talk really deeply and chat about what's going on in someone's life but do you know what it always feels when someone's come around for a meal the most uh, the the bit where people really open up and can really relax and stuff is when we um, step away from the table and we sit we look at each other and we, we have that purpose in that moment um, for connection. And um, I suppose that's how it works in our houses. Everyone's house will be different. So it might be that they work in a different way and that you, you actually do most of your conversing and conversation in one of those different spaces. And obviously that's absolutely fine and that's the way it can work. It needs to work differently for different people. But for us, it's a place of more comfort. It can be a more relaxing space. So what's the purpose of a living room, a physical living room? Well, when you think about that as a question, uh, it's a place of comfort. It's probably got the most comfortable furniture uh, in it. It's about relaxation. It can be about conversation. Sometimes it's a place of focus. It might be a place of entertainment or stimulation. TV, reading, music, discussion, games, all of these different kind of things will happen in a living room environment. Uh, and it kind of encapsulates all of these different things. It can be a space that provides for all of these different things. But when I think about that idea that I'll sit and I'll be informed, I'll watch the TV, I'll be informed and educated and inspired by something that I might watch. Um, to me, when I think about um, the living room as a spiritual place, it, it excites me that, that some of those things that we gain when we sit and not just our... Uh, I'm not talking about the entertainment side of, of uh, sitting and watching TV, but the opportunity of what it could bring and what it could do uh, for me as an individual and in my life uh, is an exciting one. When I think about uh, how much watching a film or, or watching um, or listening to some, some great music or watching a concert, all of the different things that I love doing, how that makes me feel. If I think actually the idea that I could get that kind of same... Um, purpose and feeling uh, from being in a, a spiritual living room. I suppose that's one of the things that inspired us when we decided to start it. But when we think about the purpose of this actual living room as a, as a church, it feels a little simpler to communicate than the other areas. When we're trying to make sense of um, the kind of analogy of the kitchen and the table, yeah, there are elements that are easy to understand, but sometimes they need a bit of digging, digging out really to get what it's really all about uh, and to make it make sense in a, a church context. 
But when we think about the living room and what we want to try and do, I suppose it does. It feels like it becomes a little bit simpler to communicate than the other areas. And I suppose it's because, in essence, it's trying to meet the same need that church in general uh, is aiming to uh, is aiming to uh, to do. It embraces the concept of the table uh, and the kitchen, but aims to provide a space um, where I suppose we can focus. We can be challenged, inspired, revitalised, refreshed, connected to people and connected to God, uh, reminded of things, of who God is, of who we are, and recharged in our lives and in our relationship with God. That's the purpose of what we would say the living room is all about. We want it to be all of those different elements. And I suppose when we think about church, that's often what church in general wants to, wants to do. And when we try and define the role of church, what you can sometimes find is gathering to meet as church can sometimes be seen as a game day um, kind of mentality. There's, there's a thing, I listen to talk sport quite a lot because I love all the chat about football and the other sports. Um, but they always call, they, they lead up the whole week on talk sport. They always talk about game day, game day, game day. And game day is Saturday where all the main matches are happening uh, and there's loads and loads of live sport being covered on this radio station. And, and the whole week is leading up to, wait, wait, guys, just wait. Game day's on its way. We're about to hit it. And then everything's going to be amazing because everything you've been looking forward to is happening on game day. And sometimes churches can, can fall into that same mentality to say that, that Sunday is game day, that when we meet together... This is everything you've been waiting for this week. This is the best part of your week. This is what everything in, that you're doing in your life is working towards. But do you know what? I, I, as I kind of sat with that over, over a period of a few years and, and looked at kind of that kind of concept and that mentality, I kind of sat there and thought, it, it doesn't quite work for me that we make this one moment, this one window of time, maybe this 90 minute moment together to be the pinnacle of our week should it be uh, important should it be all of those things that we've talked about should it be helpful for you and and can it can it be a transformative moment for you in your week absolutely it can but really when we look at that as a mentality we prefer to think about our gathering our being together as more like a half-time team talk it's not game day because <laughs> it n not everything builds to this moment what I would prefer to look at, look at it as is more like a half-time team talk. If I'm going to describe it in that way, it's more like a half-time team talk. What we do is we gather together and aim, um, we aim to do all of those things that we've mentioned before. We aim to be focused, to be challenged, to be inspired, revitalised, refreshed, connected to each other, connected to God, reminded uh, of who we are, of, of what God's calling us to do, uh, of who he is and recharged in our connection with him. If I think about our gathering being that opportunity, that half-time moment is almost like we meet together, we have an opportunity just to remind each other of, of who we are and what we're here to do and, and what God's calling us to do. It might be that some of us have got a little bit wounded in the first half and need a little bit of treatment. It might be that someone needs uh, a little bit of guidance and advice on how they could maybe... Um, maybe do things a bit differently or maybe they could uh, be helped 
in what they're doing. It might be that some people have had the most amazing first half and they can, they can be encouraged and supported to keep going. And you understand the concept that, that it becomes this opportunity because really all this is is a tiny part of a much bigger picture. And the moment we, we make it about 90 minutes on a Sunday... We're in trouble because really, I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you've been to a kind of, whether it's an event or a church meeting or, um, or a conference or whatever, and you've heard messages that you think will change your life. And, it's, and something has is, is really resonated with you inside or in your mind and made you go, man, I need to do things differently. It's an amazing moment. But the problem is Monday morning happens. I don't know about you, but I hate Mondays. <laughs> but, but Monday morning kicks in and the reality of your world and your life and what you're dealing with on a daily basis for 99% of the week hits you like a sledgehammer. And sometimes the motivational, positive, uh, life-giving message becomes a little bit duller as you try and implement that into the 99% of your actual life. And that's hard. It's not to say, of course, do we need those moments where we're inspired, where we hear a life-changing message? Yes, we do. And let's try and aim to have those kind of things. But it has to be shaped by what the 99% of your life actually looks like. Because if it's more, if it becomes about, well, just spend more time in church and just do more things in church, then yeah, we may well uh, change the percentage balance but actually, ultimately, what God wants is, is you to be um, supported, cared for, encouraged, inspired, um, fulfilled um, and supported in your daily life. Because that is what you have to wake up to every single day. And I don't know about you, but, but when life is going easy, sometimes it feels quite easy to implement the things that, that God might be speaking to you about in your life. But sometimes you wake up and the idea that you are, um, that you need to try and implement stuff and positively change can be a big, big task to try and uh, get through. So I suppose what we're talking about is it becomes about equipping you for the 99% of your week that you spend outside of a church setting. And when we think about who we want to be and what we want to do, that is what it's all about. It's about making sure this is relevant to who you are and what you're actually doing. And when we think about the reality of what each person's week looks like, even in a group of our size, it is so varied and so diverse. We have to be grounded. And what we do and how we talk has to be shaped by our, by our understanding of the life people live and the challenges that people face. It's no good ignoring that or just focusing on positives and just thinking that if we over, I'm going to make up a word, over positize, positivitize, it's a good word. Maybe that could make it into the dictionary. If we over positivize uh, life, is that actually helping or equipping anyone uh, to do anything? Yeah, it can be encouraging, it can be important, but we've got to be um, shaped, it's shaped by this stuff. It's no good ignoring um, the reality. That's where people start getting disillusioned and people get confused and people don't feel like they fit anymore because the relevance to their life is, is not really considered. It's, not also, it's also not about us being miserable or negative, um, but it's about being grounded in reality, in the reality of what life actually looks like. And we know, don't we, that life can be amazing, fulfilling, rewarding. We have moments where it feels like that, but it can also be hard, disappointing. 
and it can be a struggle. And we have to be able to hold both elements plus that middle bit, which is called normality, which is ordinary life, which is just the run of the mill, normal, everyday things. We're holding the, the successes, the struggles and normality in the middle all in the balance. And we've got to talk and act and, and support each other in a way where we embrace all of that stuff. So how do we then define the living room as a, as a space, uh, as one of the, the elements of what we do? Well, we want the living room to be known as a place of refuge. Just like we talk about in the kitchen, we want that to be refuge. But that needs to seep into everything that we do. We want everything, every element that we do to be safe. We want it to be a refuge. We want it to be easy to access. Where, and we talked about this the other week, where the yoke that we talk about, the yoke is what a rabbi would, rabbi's teachings and interpretation, the rabbi's way of, of interpreting scriptures and the way of, of living that out, uh, that was what was described as their yoke. So where the yoke is easy um, and the burden is light. That's what we want to do. That's what Jesus talked about. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We want to be shaped and influenced by him so that what we talk about, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. And above all, we want this to be a place of hope. That's the word that defines the living room, hope. That's what it's got to all be about. And there's a great passage we looked at a couple of weeks ago in Romans uh, chapter, three verses, uh, chapter 5, verses 3 to 4. And it says this, Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So even in our understanding of life being difficult and life being challenging, there's still this opportunity in this, this pathway where we can end up in a place of hope, even if things are really difficult. I'm going to read another version at the end of that verse in the message, which I find so inspiring. But that verse encapsulates everything that we've been talking about to do with our approach. Our aim is hope. Our aim is to, uh, is to, to uh, find hope and be hope. And, and when we set up the living room, we, we attach the word to each of those elements. The kitchen, the word was refuge. Um, the table, the word is purpose. And the living room, the word is hope. And when I think about that, we want to find hope ourselves when we come here. We want to, uh, in what we look at, what we talk about, and how we um, support each other, we want to find hope ourselves. But also we want to be um, hope to other people. It might be other people in the room or it might be uh, people outside of, uh, of that setting. We want to be hope to others. We want to help other people find hope. That's part of our purpose. We want to help other people find hope. And then collectively as a group of people, whenever we do anything, or whenever we operate in whatever we're doing, we want collectively to be a people of hope. So we want to be defined by that word. Hebrews 6, uh, 18, verses 18 to 20 in the message says this. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline, reaching past all appearances, right to the very presence of God, where Jesus, running on ahead of us, has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us. So there's this story, this, this journey that we're a part of, where we cling on, we grab hold of hope and say, I'm committed uh, to pursue God and to follow Jesus. And he's shown me the way. And, and as I look at his life, uh, I see him as my, uh, as my kind of inspiration, as my guide 
in all that I'm doing. But hope is the key. And when we come together, we chase after hope and we speak hope to each other. And as with all the other areas, the, the important thing for us to recognise is the living room, the physical living room part of what we do is not the destination. It can never be about this being the destination. Some people may not feel comfortable in the living room. They might not want to come to the living room. And I suppose one of the things that we're, we're doing with moving to this next place, is to this hub, is we're trying to address some of the challenges of why of, of people might not f feeling like they can access the living room. We want to address some of those challenges. But even when we're there, there'll be people who just don't want to do the church bit. And it can never be about saying, oh, well, it's a shame, isn't it, that they've never accessed the Sunday bit. Because then if they did, they'd truly understand everything that this is all about. It can never be about that. Because what God is calling us to do is be, is be people of hope. And hope doesn't, uh, doesn't kind of force an agenda of you have to uh, go into the kitchen, then you need to sit around the table, and then you join us in the living room, and then you're in. It can't be about that. It's got to be about us understanding that for, for those of us who, who need this kind of connection, who want to pursue God in that and find being in the living room helpful, then, then great, come and access that part. But for some people we meet, for some people in your lives, for some people who sit around the table, for some people who sit in the kitchen, they might never want to come in the living room. And that is not a problem because it's not a destination. It's just a part of three elements that we will do in order to make sure that, that we can fulfil everything God's calling us to do and we can be people of hope, people of refuge, people of purpose and be, be obedient to what's calling us to do. We've created those three elements to be able to meet people wherever they are and with whatever they need. And it can never be about, well, please make sure you invite everyone on Sunday. If they want to come, let's be, let's be quick and willing to invite people who want to come or who might benefit from it. But if they ever say no, don't ever let it be that we, we withdraw some of our interest or some of our connection, some of our investment in them. Because the moment we do that, we're placing an agenda on everything that we're doing and we're losing the whole point of what this is about. We're called to be love to people. And what that looks like is, is just being committed to them, whatever decisions they make and, and however they feel and wherever they feel most comfortable and honouring that and understanding that. 1 John four nineteen in the message says it perfectly. It says, we though are going to love, love and be loved. First we were loved, now we love because he loved us first. That's the point. We become loved because God loved us first and our response to that is to take it and do stuff with it and I suppose hope is what drives us and is what we want to define us so that passage in Romans in the message says this it's verses two to five uh, I've, I've kind of chopped it up a bit and, and just chosen the most relevant part but it's verses two to five in the message and it says this we throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting praise. There's more to come. 
We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. How brilliant is that? That describes so much of the journey that we want to be able to go on, that we, we, we I suppose, encounter God and are changed by those connections with him and we get a vision of, of a hope-filled future. And we want to grab all of that ourselves, take it to the people close to us, but also um, bring that to people who are further afield as well. Because the, the, the transforming message of what God has for us um, is, is one of impact, of one of change. And, and I suppose our hope when we gather is that we get an insight into that and we get um, a recharge and a reminder of that because then we have this opportunity to become who Jesus would be if he was us because we're sharpened by those encounters. So it feels like an exciting time. Um, it, it's, it's a challenge as well. And it's really nice. Thank you so much for everything people said earlier. It, it, it is a strange one moving um, moving into a new space, but it feels like it's right. Um, and I suppose our prayer is that, as we talked about earlier, that God would just continually guide us and, and shape us in our thinking. Because I don't think we'll ever get this right. I don't think we'll ever get it. If we, if we ever start thinking we've got a nailed um, structure and, um, and way of doing it, then we, we probably need to stop because I think we've lost the point. I think it's society, people, lives is it, constantly changing. And I think we always need to be prepared to, to be willing to ask difficult questions, to reshape and redesign what we're doing in order to make sure that we um, are, are relevant and connecting and accessible to people. And there'll be challenges on that way, but we've got to do it because the moment we think our way is the only way and it's the best... Um, I think we, we've probably lost it. So continue to pray and, and ask God for guidance and advice on how we move this forward because we want to keep getting it right. Um, and we will get it wrong at times, but let's just pursue him um, and just ask him to keep, keep really guiding us in that.